0: Well hello and welcome back to the Stormdark Weather Podcast. This is episode 132. I'm Rando, and this is the Atlantic is ramping up. Not wrapping up, ramping up. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But uh, as you can tell, you are lucky and fortunate enough to have me, just me today. Uh, Corey and Shara, uh, they're getting kids back to school. They've got they just dropped off Grayson. They they just got a lot going on, and we are at the uh, point. Uh, usually in August, uh, Branson kind of winds down a little bit. This is kind of our summer break, so. It's going to be a short podcast today, but I wanted to pop on and let everybody know of the wild tropics. We'll be getting to that shortly. But uh, anyway, we will uh, be taking next week off. Everybody will be taking next week off. Uh, The Hughes brothers, we're we're on our little summer break. And uh, Corey and hopefully Corey, Shara and I, and who knows who else, will be back in September uh, the first week, of, is that the first week of September? I don't know. Anyway, two weeks from today, basically, and we'll get this podcast back rolling full time again. So in the meantime, let's talk about the wonderful, beautiful weather. Uh, August has had a couple of really cool, uh, not cold snaps, but we've had some really pleasant weather, which is kind of what I was thinking. We had a really warm July and thinking, okay, well, we're gonna have a cooler. Uh, August, uh, we had that cool down the first week and then, you know, temperatures ramped back up, furnace was on. And then, uh, we had, uh, the beautiful, uh, front come through, uh, over the weekend. We've had temperatures in the low eighties, mid eighties, and it's just beautiful. The lower humidity, the big thing was the humidity because, you know, the temp- You you can have really, really hot temperatures and low humidity and it doesn't, there's no real heat index, and sometimes the heat index is even lower than the air temperature. If you've got you know they call it a dry heat. I mean, it's still hot. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're going to Arizona and you're uh I think uh the, what that the furnace, oh shoot, I'll have to look during the weather school. Uh the that place in Arizona that's setting records all the time. Uh I'm going to write that down so I will look. But yeah, I think they they uh, recorded a temperature of like 130 degrees or something like that. That's just insanely hot. Uh let me write that down. 130 there we go. Uh, yeah, but we don't have that here. But anyway, the humidity, like in Vegas and, uh, you know, Arizona, sometimes you get New Mexico, is really, really, really low. And sometimes you can have air temperatures of 110 degrees, but your heat index is like 103, you know. <laughs> it could be a little bit lower. And that's kind of what we're doing uh, here, except we don't have the hundreds. I don't even think we've broken 100 Um in Branson or or Springfield this year, and we're we're in the middle of August, going towards uh, meteorological fall here. The first of September, so we will. I think when we when we come back, we will probably be in the throes of meteorological fall, not astronomical fall. There's a difference. Uh, it has to do with record keeping. We've had little weather schools on that, so. Um, if you want to hear weather schools, little plug for our website, stormdarweather.com, there's a tab on there that says podcast in media and uh, weather and other stuff. I mean, you kind of, it's not hard, but somewhere on there you can find all of our weather schools that we've had. And hopefully I'm going to make some more. I'm kind of running out of ideas. So really, if anybody, anybody listening has any ideas about aspects of the weather you, that you'd like to know more about, uh, shoot shoot us an email, stormdarweather at gmail.com or just message us on our Facebook page at you know stormdarweather. Um uh, let me know because I'm looking for more ideas. I've got a couple in, in the pocket uh, that I'm going to do. They're they're in the process, let's put it that way. But I want to do stuff that that you all want to know. And it, it, if you think, oh, well, that's just silly. No, no, give give me ideas because maybe I can incorporate that into something else that's uh, that, that's close to that and let everybody know what's going on. So anyway, I digress. Let's go back to the wonderful, beautiful weather we've had at the first part of the week. Again, low humidities here in Branson, temperatures in the low 80s, kind of like the mid 80s. But that little bubble, that cool pleasant bubble is scooting off to the east and we've got stuff coming uh, more heat building back in i mean it's still august so let's just be thankful we have this little you know break and because uh, i remember years ago when we were in excessive heat warnings for days a couple of weeks just incessant heat with heat indices you know 110 uh that's mm, no so l- l- let's just let's just you know, it's great disc golf playing weather. I've got to tell you that. So I've been out playing disc golf. It's awesome. Uh, but like I said, the temperatures are going to be going back up. It's a slow warming trend this week. I'm I'm recording this Thursday afternoon, about two o'clock. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Friday we're, our high is going to be 89 and then Saturday's back into this August weather pretty much into next week. Now here's, here's the problem that we're, we're having. Um, because we're under the influence of high pressure and there's really no steering mechanisms to drive any, any rain in here, uh, our drought is increasing. So, uh, you know, let's just talk about the drought just for a second. Because uh, since it's Thursday, they issued the latest drought information. Uh, we, okay, so th- the northwest corner of Bra- uh, not Branson, Taney County, sorry. Northwest corner of Taney County is in a D1, which is moderate drought. Looks like all of Christian County and um, the southern, maybe half of Green. So Green looks like it's in an, uh, a moderate drought right now. Also, we've got uh, the Joplin area going into you know, Pittsburgh, Kansas, up towards Nevada uh but a a large chunk of southwest Missouri is abnormally dry now I gotta say Branson itself right now is not in any kind of drought you know threat let's say but uh, the National Weather Service did issue something that I've been uh, which is awesome because I wanted to know this so badly um it's the uh, let's see, it's the, the observed rainfall through uh, the month through June 1st, which is meteorological summer, and since the first of the year. This is what I've wanted to know. Okay, So you remember we've had in March and May we had these excessive rains and you know, astronomical rainfall amounts. Well, okay, since January 1st, let's go from the first of the year because that's the most dramatic. Since January 1st, Springfield has observed 38.7 inches of rain. The normal is 28.59 inches of rain, which makes a departure from normal or surplus of 10 over 10 inches. Okay, so that looks really impressive. It's like, wow, we've got all this surplus. Uh, last year, uh, it says, I'm assuming it's, uh, yeah, at this time, last year at this time, we had 37.73. So, again, this year, 38.7. Last year, 37.73. So, it's about about the same uh, as, as last year. Okay, now let's go from meteorological summer, which is June 1st. Okay, since June 1st to to today, basically... Springfield has observed only six inches, like six and a third inches, okay? The normal value since June 1st to now would be 10 inches, 10 and a half inches. So that puts us at a deficit of of four and a quarter inches, okay? Last year at this time, we had almost 10 and a half, so we are below normal. So you can see since June 1st, okay, the, the rain machine has just basically been turned off. Uh, and this month so far, okay, uh, recording us again, August 20th. So from August 1st to August 20th, we've, uh, we meaning Springfield, is, is uh, only observed 0.17, 0.17, hundredths of an inch since, like in three weeks. So the normal value would be about two inches, which is... Um, makes a departure of uh, one uh, eh, one and seven-eighths inches. So last year uh, we had, in the month of August, up to here, 2.69 inches. All right, so the reason I'm saying that is back on January 1st, since January first, yes, we are in a surplus. We'll see. All that rain came in two months. <laughs> so since June, we haven't had anything except six inches, and that puts us at a grave deficit. Which in turn, why that drought is is happening across here. Now, we don't see any really organized. Uh, okay, I'm going to back up. Any organized rain in the in the this week? Okay, but. The National Weather Service from Springfield issued a a graphic from the uh, Climate Prediction Center uh, talking about a potential pattern change. In other words, there's something they've they've got their eyes on right now. So this is from the Springfield National Weather Service. It's looking like there's a better than 50% chance uh, of above normal rainfall from august 27th to september 2nd so this will be something uh we'll be talking about when we come back you know in two weeks uh to see if this actually happens and also we will post a lot of this on our facebook page uh and you know we're still going to keep that up but it's just the podcast we'll we'll take a little break uh below normal in uh, nevada and just you know uh, this is above normal the southern basically three quarters of missouri They've got in above normal chances, maybe like a 50 to 60% chance of, of, of rain. Now, um, the reason, okay, so we're gonna, gonna think about that. The reason is we've got a couple of systems out in the tropics. So let's get to the tropics. I actually have a drop. Let's see if you like it. Tropical, tropical, tropical. It's tropical. There. I finally have a tropical drop we can put in here. That's about half of it. I may I may uh, throw the other the longer version in there, but anyway, it's our new Tropics update. So let's let's get to that finally. Okay, the Atlantic is really kicking up. Okay, so you remember the past few podcasts, Corey and I both have been talking about, uh, you know, the the National Hurricane Center, that that hurricane research place in Colorado. It's like in Pennsylvania. All these places are saying, "Oh my gosh, we're going to get you know explosive hurricanes," and they've really upped the the ante on the amount of uh, of major hurricanes and name storms and, you know, going through the system, blah, 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 blah. Well, last week we did the podcast and there wasn't, there's was maybe like a, you know, like a little yellow X, maybe a wave or something. Well, that's kind of changed a little bit this year. So, uh, this year, this week, uh, I can tell. Uh, I have trouble doing the podcast by myself sometimes. But anyway, uh, in the Atlantic, we have two Tropical depressions now these are waves that have that are getting their act together right now um, you, you have like a wave which is an X uh, and then you have an invest which is like investigation that's what's what invest means it's something they're investigating so they're investing uh, and then you get an actual tropical depression and then that means it's starting to get its act together and more than likely more than likely not hundred percent but more than likely it will develop into a tropical storm or a hurricane. Uh, so anyway, so Tropical Depression 13 and Tropical Depression 14. So 13 and 14, definitely something to watch. And the one that we really need to watch for is on Tropical Depression 13, which is out there in uh, the I don't want to say southern Atlantic, kind of, you know, it's in the eastern Atlantic, but it's at a a lower uh, latitude. Matter of fact, since this is a podcast and I'm by myself, I'm going to go right to the National Hurricane Center uh, and see that. Okay, so tropical storm, no, 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 tropical depression, 13. Right now, uh, max sustained winds about 35 miles an hour. Now, once that thing hits 39 miles an hour, it's going to be a tropical storm. Uh, Central minimum pressure is 1,008 millibars. It's basically... Uh, what they say 53 west so if you if you go I mean it, it's way away from land but it's 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 west I mean east of the Antilles and it is projected okay it, it is projected now over five days it's going to turn into a tropical storm probably either tonight or tomorrow head over uh, just north of Puerto Rico it's gonna uh, graze. Uh, Cuba, Jamaica, uh, and then by the time it gets to, uh, what is that, the Republic? I can't see it. Uh, right before it gets to Cuba, uh, it's it's probably going to strengthen into an actual hurricane. That is a 74-mile-per-hour or greater. The current track, now this is a cone, the current track looks like it's going to go right smack up the Florida Keys. Okay, and then it's going to go into the Gulf. Uh, if that actually happens, we've got to really watch that because the waters in the Gulf are really, really warm. If this thing stays out over water, it's going to keep churning. And we are right in that prime, that prime time frame right now. The end of August, uh, 1st of September is top hurricane development time. So uh, tropical storm watches are going out. Uh, all over the place. So that's something we're definitely going to watch. Uh, so if that goes in, that could go could. Now, we're saying potential. These tracks are going to change, okay? But most model guidance right now is taking this thing right north of Jamaica, north of, of Cuba. It looks like it's going to go right over Key West and possibly out Eh, back out in the Gulf. All right. So now we got uh, Tropical uh, Depression 14. 14 is basically yeah, a few hundred miles east of the Yucatan. It's going to strengthen into a tropical storm, head northeast, go across the, uh, Mexico, that tip of Mexico, maybe that's the Yucatan, uh, or oh, Honduras, I'm sorry. It's going to go over uh, Honduras, brace Honduras, then go over the Yucatan Peninsula, head northeast into what looks like... Uh, the southeastern Texas uh, Southwestern Louisiana and but uh, but this one so far, okay, so far, they're only saying it's a tropical storm. So uh, still, tropical storm we we don't like Harvey was a, a tropical storm for a while too and it dumped a whole bunch of stuff. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, okay, this is really interesting. These two systems, Okay, they are both forecasted now to affect the US at about the same time. Tropical system or tropical depression 13 will probably make landfall in Florida first, but they're thinking uh, the effects from tropical system, tropical depression 14. Could start affecting uh, the southeastern portion of Texas probably by 8 p.m. Monday evening. Now, let me go back to Tropical Depression 13. Uh, The current projection... Oh, there we are. The current projection, it should be uh, Monday morning. It will probably be right, just right at Cuba, between Cuba and the Bahamas, uh, headed to the east... uh, West northwest. I can't even talk today. West northwest, and, so, and we're, we're going to see now. This will probably change. We got a huge area of high pressure right out in the middle of the Atlantic right now. So Bermuda is spared from all of this uh, winds. We should know by now. In the northern hemisphere, the nor, northern hemisphere travel clockwise around a high pressure system. So if you've got, if you imagine it, that high pressure right out in the middle of the, in the Atlantic. Uh, the southern end of that has steering winds that are going to the west, and that's what's pushing these these uh, tropical systems on into the west and to Cuba and Florida and stuff like that. So, wow, yeah. And in addition to that, we've got another little wave waiting uh, off the Cape Verde Islands. So it looks like it's kind of like an airport uh, takeoff runway. You know, you got one plane, it's going, then you got another one waiting right behind it. Well, uh, yeah, the Cape Verde storm is just a a wave it's a yellow x right now yeah they're gonna wait till it gets on water but it does look like we've got some tropical stuff (laughs) starting to go on now out there so we're gonna take a take a gander at that now in um in the eastern pacific we've got what was hurricane genevieve which uh has since now this morning it was still a hurricane but it's it's on the down down slide right now we've got uh uh, yeah, it's not going to be much of anything. Continue to a tropical storm. It's going to miss. It's right sitting right over the tip of Baja right now. And it's headed northeast, so it will go away from land. But uh, a tropical storm, then a tropical depression. And then probably by Monday, it should be probably gone. Uh, and then in addition to that, tropics. Yeah, this is a big tropics uh, <laughs> podcast. There's a couple of waves, minor waves. or are yellow Xs, uh, which means probably not much of anything zero to 10 percent of something happening uh one is about 930 miles southeast of hilo hawaii and there's another one several hundred miles to the southwest and that's not going to make any difference at all so that is the tropics that's that's a that's a biggie uh, that we're going to focus on and we'll post some of this stuff on our facebook page too because we have friends in florida we got friends in hawaii we've got our followers a bunch of places so you know if we see anything big coming we're gonna we're gonna start talking about that okay that's we covered the drought and covered the uh tropics and it's really kind of boring that's i that's why i said atlantic ramping up because the 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 weather around here in branson is really really boring right now just beautiful weather outside So, I think we should get to The Weather School. It is all about the weather models. I haven't played that one in a while and uh, tell you all about weather models and how they're... It'll it'll touch on some of these hurricane models in the Atlantic. So, let's get to The Weather School. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. This week's topic is all about weather models. You've heard us constantly talk about models on our Facebook page, so we wanted to give you some insight on exactly what they are and how they work. There are so many different types of models out there, and they involve intense calculations of data provided by radiosondes. A radiosond is a battery-powered instrument carried in the atmosphere by a weather balloon filled with hydrogen, and they're released twice a day from around 92 different National Weather Service offices all around the country. The balloons take the radiosondes way up in the atmosphere to measure things like altitude, temperature, dew point, wind direction and speed, and barometric pressure. Eventually, the balloons will burst after reaching a height of around 13 miles, and the radiosonde will fall back to earth. You might happen to find one of these radiosondes on your property sometime. They're all equipped with a prepaid postal bag, so all you'd need to do is put the instrument in the bag, and the post office will return it to the National Weather Service for recycling. The raw data collected by the radiosons are relayed back to the National Weather Service office and fed into supercomputers. In essence, the models themselves are computer programs that produce a future state of the atmosphere. All of them use mathematical calculations and project how they think the atmosphere will behave in the future. Each model uses slightly different equations and we get slightly different solutions with each one. Their accuracy is good one to three days out and starts decreasing after that. Most models are pretty good up to six days and only somewhat accurate after that. There are two types of weather models. One, probabilistic, and two, deterministic. Probabilistic models vary the starting conditions slightly and are basically producing a what-if scenario. The deterministic models are ones that run with a specific set of conditions and result in a single conclusion. One of the main ones we use is the GFS, or Global Forecast System. This one is updated every 6 hours and is designed for short, medium, and long range output. This one can forecast 384 hours or 16 days out, although the accuracy really diminishes after about 7 days. We also use the NAM, or North American model. It's similar to the GFS, but it has a shorter range in forecasting and only goes out about 84 hours. Another popular one is the ECMWF, or the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasting Model, or what we call the EC or European. It's different from the GFS and the NAM. The EC uh, has a high resolution and is able to forecast smaller scale processes. The difference between the American models, the GFS and the NAM, and the European is that the European collects data every hour for 12 hours before generating an output. The EC only updates twice a day and is really considered a little bit more accurate than the American models. Each model uses hypothetical situations and compiles a best guess based on the data they ingest. The GFS uses 21 hypothetical situations, while the EC uses 51. The models run various scenarios and change small variables with each run, and then they select the most common result. Usually, most models come into the same agreement about two days out. A few other models in this category are the RGM or Regional Deterministic Prediction System, that's another Canadian model, and the JMA, which is a Japanese model. Some of the other shorter range models we use are the HRRR, or HER, which stands for High Res Rapid Refresh. This one only goes out 18 hours, but it's updated every hour. This one's good for very near-term forecasting, like severe weather events. Another is the WRF, or WARF, which stands for Weather Research Forecasting, and only goes out 48 hours. The WARF also updates every hour. There are even models that focus more on tropical weather, like the HWRF, or the Hurricane Weather Research and Forecasting model. This one is a cousin to the WARF, and it's designed to track disturbances over the oceans. One of the longer range models is the CFS, or Climate Forecast System. This one doesn't focus too much on near-term weather because it's designed to look at the global climate patterns and make seasonal forecasts. Models only generate output for slices of the atmosphere in which weather and patterns have a propensity to differentiate. The first slice is taken at roughly 5,000 feet, where the friction from the earth decreases considerably, and the airflow is more constant. The next slice is around 10,000 feet, and at around 18,000 feet we're able to see areas of vorticity better, like low pressure systems and ridges of high pressure. The top two slices are around 30,000 and 38,000 feet, and that's where we can see the jet stream much easier. Because models only give us slices of the atmosphere, then it's up to the human forecaster to make judgments on what weather should occur in the entire vertical column. Models are only used as a guide, and it's up to the forecaster to make the final call. Weather models are very complex, and it would literally take hours to fully explain the ins and outs of how they work, but this should give you a basic knowledge of weather models. So, next time you hear a forecaster say, Models are indicating... Then you'll know what we're talking about. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you have everything you need to know about weather models and all the cool I mean, there, uh, there's just a few of them. I mean, <laughs> if you go to the National Weather Service, there are tons and tons and tons of different weather models that have just a little bit different, you know, algorithms and tweaks and stuff that they do. And uh, one I did not put in the uh, weather school is they call them CAMS models, C-A-M, and it stands for convective allowing models. And they're just a uh, little short-term uh, specific for convection and all the parameters that would, uh, you know, that would cause thunderstorms. And so I see that in the AFD, the, the forecast discussions a lot, especially when, you know, thunderstorms or severe weather's coming, they often refer to the CAMS models. And I've been trying to look for them. Um, what, what we use, um, uh, is basically the HER, HRRR, it's the really fast, uh, updated every hour it's a rapid refresh uh and the wharf which you probably heard in the in the weather school the wharf is uh weather research forecasting they've got the tropical wharf they got the hurricane wharf they got all these kind of things but anyway uh so we're gonna there's no need to really watch them you know around here because there's nothing going on right now so let's get to in other news which is i did the research and found that uh that article that uh, this is from CBS News. The title of the article is Death Valley Reaches 130 Degrees, Hottest Temperature in the U.S. in at least 107 Years. Wow. Wait, I got this. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty hot. So uh, I'll just read a portion of the article, which is which is weird. Uh, not weird, but just wild. It says, on Sunday, so we're talking Sunday, three or four days ago, uh, the thermometer at Death Valley's Furnace Creek, Furnace Creek. Remember, I knew Furnace, but I couldn't figure out where that was at. Furnace Creek, located in the deserts of Southern California, soared to 130 degrees Fahrenheit. If verified, it would be the hottest temperature recorded in the U.S. since 1913. And perhaps the hottest temperature ever reliably recorded in the world. Ha ha ha! How about that? Uh, it said uh, the highest temperature ever recorded on Earth was also observed in Death Valley, 134 degrees Fahrenheit in 1913. However, many experts contend that uh, temperature that. Particular temperature reading, along with various other temperatures recorded that summer, was likely an observer error. So, um, you know, the article goes on. You can go uh, and look at that. Uh, Also, it says, in 1931, a record high temperature for Africa was recorded in Tunisia, 131 degrees. However, according to uh, this guy, uh, said the recording and many others in Africa from the colonial period has serious credibility issues that's air quotes them to so yeah cbs news uh, or just uh, google death valley reaches 130 degrees that was insane uh i don't want to be there but i bet their relative humidity was probably five percent which would probably make their uh, heat index um uh, 110 maybe <laughs> i don't know uh, i need to get on with this Okay, well, that's all the other in-other news I have. Uh, Corey usually has a bunch of in-other news. I should have asked him if he saved anything. But we'll just stockpile it up and give you a really long podcast next time. So let's get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. It is the Stormdar Weather, Weather Word of the Week, and we don't have Shara here, we don't have Corey here, so I guess I'm going to have to read it. And if you were listening last week, you probably already know what the weather word of the week is. It's the opposite of anafront, A-N-A-F-R-O-N-T, which is, uh, this week is katafront, K-A-T-A-F-R-O-N-T. So I'm just going to give myself one of these. Okay, on to the weather word of the week. It is a warm or cold front at which there is sinking movement of the warm sector of air. This leads to the main zone of cloudiness and precipitation developing in front of the surface frontal boundary. So last week, anafront, which means the rising of the warmer air. And this week is the sinking of the air. So anafront, catafront, K-A-T-A. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, well, I got to tell you that it's, weather's just really beautiful around here. That's pretty much all I have for, for this, for, uh, this forecast podcast. <sighs> this is why I don't do podcasts by myself. Anyway, we will have guests. We will be back and, uh, uh, in September. And so, yeah, Corey and Cheryl will get their kids off to school, uh, get all that taken care of. I, uh, I don't know. I don't have, you know, kids, school age kids. So I don't know when the Branson or Hollister are starting. I don't even know what's going on. All I know is the Hughes brothers, my employer, are taking a little break. And there are some uh, extra shows coming up at our theater. Give a little plug for them. We have a normal show, which is Born to Entertain, which I play for and arrange. There, there is talk of a cowboy show and talk of a teen show in our theater performed by none other. Then the Hughes, the teen show would be the Hughes kids. They're all, well, not all. There's a lot of them old enough now that they, they can actually do their own little show. So I'm very excited to see and hear about that. And then the, uh, the Hughes brothers themselves are going, going to do a um, little cowboy country show they've done. Uh, when they came to Branson years and years ago, they, they country music was their their thing. So look out for that if you're in Branson Look me up, Hughes Brothers. Uh, send me a message, Stormdar Weather. Okay, I'm going to stop babbling now, so I think it's about time to wrap this thing up. Okay, so be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us in two weeks for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.